Go ahead and grab a seat. I'm going to say something to you that's going to sound kind of lame, and I, I, I know it going in. But I want to say to you guys, since this is the last collide for the school year, um, and I'll tell you what we're going to do. And, and can you turn me down a little bit? I'm, I'm hearing myself bounce. Um, I want to say thank you guys. Thank you to you guys. That, that you, I, I hope collide means something to you, worship, and we hope that when we teach um, that stuff out of the Bible matters to you. But I'll be honest with you, some of the adults, myself, I'll speak for myself, we get as much out of being able to be here with you guys. I love it. I'm 38 years old. I left cool like 34 years ago. I mean, I wasn't even cool in junior high and high school. So, I mean, I left it a long time ago. And that you guys give me the opportunity to share with you what God's teaching me and things like that, it just means a lot to me. So I appreciate you guys. And starting next week, I told you we're going to be down in the gym for the Clyde event. And then during the summer, we'll be in the gym most of the summer. We're going to do something different. We're we are going to do some Bible studies during the summer. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do a verse by verse through a, a, a book in the Bible, and we'll meet at somebody's home on like a Monday night or something like that. Um, and that will pro- mine will probably even go into the school year, probably last long enough. Um, we're going to have a couple other Bible studies starting that you can choose from. But on Wednesday night, we're going to do a thing called the Collide Olympics, and it's purposeful. We're going to be playing some games uh, every week. Uh, we're going to do some trips, like we're going tubing this year, we're going to Schlitterbahn this year, we're going to take a San Antonio trip, we've got camp, we've got mission trips. On those things, we're going to do some things also that kind of tie into the Clyde Olympics, but all, all summer long, we're going to be kind of competing against one another. You're going to be on eight different teams. Next week, we'll help you get on the teams, um, but we purposely are going to mix you up with some people that you don't know. We're going to let you ask to be with a friend and a friend to be with you, so you make sure you're on the team, but we want you purposefully to meet some people who go to different schools that are older than you, younger than you. And so we're going to do that through playing games. We'll all be together, but it'll be fun. So um, I want to pray for us. And then I want you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, because that's where we're going to be. God, in just a few minutes that we have tonight, I pray that you would help me to um, be clear as we talk about your will, about your purpose and your plan for our life. God, I pray that... um, that your spirit would speak, that there wouldn't be anything that I say or do tonight that, that matters, but only what you say and do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Also, just on a side note, if God does speak to you, if God says something to you, what we want you to do, and it, I, think, I think I have them up there, we put the hashtag Collide Transformed. If you're on Twitter or Facebook, um, and record some of the things that God is saying to you, and you can hashtag it with that, and people can search it later and looking back. If you follow me on Twitter or Facebook or things like that, I I sent a post out a few weeks ago. I was really excited because I made this kind of stepped into the world of cooking, and I decided that I was going to try to make horchata. You probably don't even know what that is, but um, if if you go into, it's kind of hard to see because it's white on white, but if you've ever been into a place that has real Mexican food, I mean, I'm talking about like somebody from Mexico is making it. A lot of times you'll find these drinks in these containers like this. And if you're like me, you walk by them and you go, uh, that looks like milky water. And I don't know what that is. Dr. Pepper, please. You know, I'm going to pass on that. Well, when I was in Mexico in November, we ate um, this meal out on one of these excursions we were on. And the only choices we had was horchata or a- another like uh, drink that was made out of a flower. And they were actually both pretty good. But when I tried the horchata, I was like, that was really good. And I came back and I... I thought about it, and at Collide Impact Weekend, you guys were out serving, and um, 
we were about to start the night thing, and I was at the Carver Elementary with some of you guys there, and, and I had to get there early to get the uh, inflatable guy going, and then once a man and some of the adults got there, I said, I need to run, I gotta get something to drink, I'm dying. So I just ran up to the gas station by my house, and I had no clue, I'd been in that gas station forever, but when I walked in, they have the big thing of horchata. And I was like, this is phenomenal. And so I got a big glass of it, and I'm like, I gotta figure out how to make this, because it's gonna be weird if I walk in you know, three times a day just to get it at this one gas station. So I start researching and I find out, I got the recipe, and it's one of these things that's got to like soak overnight, it like takes a while, but one of the things, it, it's basically cinnamon rice water is what it is. And so I'm looking and like, you have to get long grain white rice. I don't shop. I go to my wife, I go to man, I go, hey, do we have any long grain white rice? And she goes, no. So I'm like, okay, I'm off to the store. So I go to the store and I get there and I'm thinking, you know, rice is pretty simple. There's like 15 different bags of long grain white rice. There's jasmine white rice. Uh, Uncle Ben has some white rice. There's all these different things. And I'm like, I don't, I, if they're all the same, why is there so many? And I just took the, the biggest bag I could find and, and, and was hoping that was it. But then I realized, because I don't go to the grocery store that much, that's, that's pretty much the norm. I, I have to read this. I can't even remember them all. If you go to the store for Crest toothpaste, not toothpaste, Crest toothpaste, you have to pick between 27 different types of Crest toothpaste. Campbell's condensed soup. If my wife says, go get some Campbell's condensed soup, there's 53 different varieties of that. Tropicana pure premium orange juice comes in eight different sizes from eight ounces to 128 ounces. Breyers ice cream, get this. There's natural, French, half the fat, no sugar added, extra creamy, homemade, lactose-free, and carb-smart, and that's just for vanilla. Cheerios. Anybody like Cheerios? Well, you got to decide, do you like original, honey nut, honey nut medley crunch, apple cinnamon, banana nut, frosted, chocolate, multigrain, multigrain peanut butter, dulce de leche, or cinnamon burst? All right, Tide liquid detergent. How, How hard can Tide liquid laundry detergent be? Tide has... Original scent, plus Febreze, plus Febreze Sport, free and gentle, plus bleach alternative, cold water, clean breeze, mountain spring, plus downy, and with active life. I don't even know what that means. Head and shoulder shampoo. This is the last one. Head and shoulder, for people who have dandruff, they can choose between active sport, old spice, deep clean, hair endurance, refresh, extra strength for men, citrus breeze, ocean lift, dry scalp care with almond oil, classic clean, sensitive scalp care, itchy scalp with eucalyptus, smooth and silky, extra volume, green apple, damage rescue, extra strength, clinical strength, or seven different ones that I didn't name. Choices, 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 decisions, decisions, decisions. And on some levels, that might be fine. Some of you are going to walk out of here and what you're going to take away, what you just, you just tweeted, hashtag collide transformed, I'm going to try all 11 styles of Cheerios. I mean, that's what you walked out with. And you're like, I didn't know that was that many. I'm going to do that. But that, that's fine. Try them all out. But what if there's a decision that you have to make, and there will be, that's a big one? I'm talking about one that might have, it could have life changing, life altering consequences. I'll talk to you guys for a minute. This will come for you guys, but most of our high schools are over here. Some of you are, are thinking about college. Some of you are seniors and you're still processing through this next step of life. 
Where are you going to go? Or maybe it's not even college. Maybe it's college or career. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? And you can't afford to do the Cheerios game. You can't go, well, I don't know. I kind of like Texas A&M, and I kind of like Texas, and I kind of like Texas Tech, and I kind of like Mississippi State, and I kind of like the University of Alaska or whatever. And you can't go, okay, you know what? I'm going to do Texas for a semester, Texas A&M for a semester, Texas Tech for a semester, University of Alaska. You can't do that. You'd be in college forever as you're trying to keep, get all your stuff, all your, your credits done. You can't just move and unpack and doors. You're going to have to make this decision, whether it's college or, or career or whatever it is. What am I going to do with my life and what am I going to do to prepare for that? You can't try them all out. And you're going to come face to face with some of these big decisions. Relationships. I know it's like controversial because I, I, I stand up here a lot and I suggest to you that, that you don't date till college. And I know some of you disagree and that's fine. Um, we, we all reap the consequences. I dated when I was in high school. That's why as a 38-year-old adult, I suggest to you not because I want you to avoid the, the pain and heartbreak that I went through. But you have to make that decision. Am I going to date or am I not going to date? Who am I going to date? Some of you, that's an easier choice than others. Um, some of you are like me. You're like, please, um, please <laughs> give me a chance. It's like, I remember, it's a big decision. High school, there was a girl, her name was Jenny. I liked her, she liked me. At least that's what my friends told us because they were the go-betweens. They were like, she really likes you. Do you like her? And I'm like, yeah, tell her that I like her because uh, that's what you do when you're a senior. I know it's embarrassing. Um, and so we kind of start talking and then I find out she likes me, but she also likes this other guy. And she's trying to decide, this guy likes her and I like She's like, she's the anti-Brett. She has options, right? And She's like, I'm trying to decide who I like best, and, 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 and I'm trying to play it cool, because I'm like, oh, that's all right. And inside, I'm like, oh, God, I got a 50-50 chance, you know, it could be. And my brother came to me, and I remember, I was a senior, and I was, man, I was fretting over it, and he said this, and these were wise words. He said, listen, he said, if she, if she can't choose between you and the other guy, you need to choose and say, I'm out, because you're, you're too good to be in a, in a competition, I mean, that wasn't true at all, but I mean, I was like, man, that's right. Yeah. And so like, I, I didn't tell her because I was a chicken. I told her friends, like, I'm, not, I'm, it's, I'm done. I'm kind of moving on. But inside, I was like, is that the right decision? You know, because I would like to date someone, you know, and, it, and I'm walking away from, it's tough. But let's say you decide to date and let's say the person is there and they like you and you like them. And it's going, then you have to make decisions. How far is too far? What are the boundaries? What are we going to do once we set the boundaries or once you've set the boundaries? What am I going to do to make sure I don't cross those boundaries? Decisions, decisions, decisions. And you can't afford to try them all. If you think you are, let me, if you're going to date, let me offer at least this words of wisdom. Don't try it all. Don't be the, the person that dates somebody new every week because you'll lose all your friends, okay? You know what I mean? You can't do that. You've got these major decisions. And then you throw on extracurriculars and your free time and friends. And what do you do? When, when I was a, a kid, I don't know if y'all had these. Did y'all ever have the eight magic eight ball when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah that. And, and you did that. And, and, and you asked the magic eight ball questions. You know, you, you went, you know, is Garrett's girlfriend in the room right now? And we don't know it. 
My reply is no, I'm sorry. But that just means she's probably a supermodel somewhere. You know, and you go, hey, should everyone in here go to college at Howard Payne? Concentrate and ask again. I don't have time. Obviously, that's not what you do. So how do you make these decisions? You know, what most of us do, we go to our friends. Because you don't want to talk to your parents about big decisions because you don't want to hear what they're going to say. And you start talking about your friends. But let's be honest. Your friends are dumb. I mean, a lot of them are. I mean, they're as dumb as you are and I am. I mean, we, we, we don't know. Why would they know? But what if, guys, what if, what if God could lean in and you could lean in and God could speak into that decision? I mean, if I had the ability, if I said, hey, this eight ball is connected to God and, and God's will is going to be put through this, I could charge people crazy amounts of money because people want to know. Christians want to know, what does God say? I'd be rich, but it doesn't work that way. But in Romans 12, 1 through 2, as we've been going through this series of transformations, Paul speaks into this. And if you get tonight what we're talking about, it might literally change your life. So look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. Here's what Paul says. I'm going to go back because we've been in this for three weeks, just these two verses. And I'm going to kind of review us along the way. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. And we see the therefore. What do we ask? What's the therefore? Therefore. And so we know if we look back in chapter 11, actually for 11 chapters, Paul's been talking about salvation. He's been talking about, hey, God, God has sent Jesus to die in your place because you're a sinner. You're going to spend eternity in hell, but God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die in your place. And God had mercy on you because he loves you. And so he's talked about that for 11 chapters. And in chapter 12, he switches gears and he says, I urge you, I appeal to you. It's it's a picture of putting his arm around you. And he says, I appeal to you, therefore, because of what God did, by the mercies of God, the mercy he poured out to you, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Because God gave you everything. Your response to him is to offer your entire body, everything you have, your physical life, your emotional life, your financial life, your spiritual life, your relationships. You climb up on the altar and you go, God, everything I have is yours because of what you did for me. He says it's got to be holy and acceptable to God. And this is how you worship. It's your spiritual worship. And he said, now here's what that looks like. And we talked about this last week. He says, do not be conformed to this world. Remember we said that word world means this age. It was a picture for the people. He said, you're living in this age that's passing away. It's, it's a broken world. Sin's in it, and it's going to come. It's going to end up bad. But you've been saved by God, and there's a new age coming. Jesus is going to come back. God's going to restore the world. He's going to restore the world. And so you're kind of caught between two worlds. I'm living here in this world, but I'm really a citizen of the world to come. I'm living on earth, but I belong to heaven, and that's where I'm going to be. And he says, so since you belong to heaven, don't get caught up. Don't be conformed. Don't be pushed down into its mold. And we passed out those cookies. You know, they've been, a mold had passed on those cookies. Don't let the world shape you, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind. You start to think differently, believe differently, and then behave differently because you're a citizen of this kingdom. Now, that's the review. Now look how he concludes what happens when you stop being conformed to this world. When you stop acting like the world, you start acting and believing and thinking like you belong to Jesus. 
You've offered your body as a living sacrifice that God, everything is yours. This is what he says. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind, last part of verse 2, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. You can know the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. When I say, Jesus, my life is yours. I'm following you. I'm all in. And Jesus, I'm not going to be conformed to this world. I'm going to start living like I'm, I'm in your kingdom. Then, then Jesus says, you know what you can start doing? You can start then throwing out these decisions that you're trying to make. You can test them. And you're going to find out if it's God's will or not. I read a story just the other day. This guy named William Thomas Jr. He thought he had a good idea. He, was gonna, he and his buddy were going to make it rich. William Thomas Jr. goes into this jewelry store and he's got a gold ring. And he walks in and he tells the guy who owns the jewelry store, he says, hey, I, I, like, I'd like to sell my gold. Will you buy it? And the guy who's the owner of it looks at it. And as he turns around to do something, this is what the news article said, that William uh, Thomas Jr. pulls out this bottle of liquid. It's a gold testing solution. And he switched it out with gold testing solution on the jeweler's table. Took the real deal and put a fake on it and hid it. And the guy turns around. I don't know if he bought the ring or not, but, but this guy leaves. And shortly after he leaves, his buddy comes in. And his buddy comes in, and he's got a bunch of gold chains, gold jewelry, gold necklaces. And he says, hey, I want to sell all of my gold. It was so much that the jewelry store owner is like, I don't know about this. And so he, he, he says no. Jewelry store owner has this hunch. He calls the police. The police come to investigate. They go and watch the surveillance footage. And that's when they discovered what the guy ahead of him had done. They, they saw the guy switch out the real gold testing solution for the fake stuff. So now they know something's up. They track these guys down. When, they, when they, uh, they pull them over to arrest them, they found all of this fake gold in the back of their car. Had they sold it for market value, it would have been $200,000 worth of gold. Now, I mean, they're in prison now. Don't try that. It doesn't work. But I'm reading that story, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. But I'm going, gold testing solution? What? I don't know. I've never even heard of that. So I started doing a little research. Here's, they have tons of ways you can tell if gold is fake or if it's real. One of the things they do is they t you take a gold ring or a gold necklace or something gold, and you can buy this thing, and it's got like a stone in it, and you rub your gold ring or your gold necklace on the stone, and it leaves a gold mark. And then you take this solution, and you pour it on the gold mark, and if it disappears, I think if it disappears, then it's, I think that's when it's fake. If it doesn't, if it stays, then it's real gold. I'm like, I never knew that. That picture, though, that is what Paul is talking about when he says test, test, and prove God's will. That word he uses is actually a Greek word that, that, that has the connotations of testing out precious metals. And so what Paul says is this, now that you're living in this age to come, you're living for Jesus, you're, you think differently, you believe differently, you behave differently, and you go, God, what about college? God, what about dating? God, what about this? You start taking these decisions and you rub them on the rock of Jesus and you test them out. And Jesus starts to lean back in and because you're thinking like Him and believing like Him and now behaving like Him, He starts speaking into your life. And it becomes this very real thing. And you can, you can actually know the purpose and plans of God. But here's the truth. God's purpose and plan for your life is understood through this transformed mind. The problem is there's a lot of teenagers, there's a lot of Christian adults who want to know the will of God, but they're not interested in Romans 12.1 and the first part of Romans 12.2. 
All they want is the payoff, and God goes, it doesn't work that way. If you want to know what I think, you have to start thinking like me. But here's the crazy thing. Now, I didn't realize this. As I'm reading this, it says you test and approve what God's will is. That's how you do it, and you start doing it. And we'll talk about what that looks like in a minute. But then it says this. It says it's good and acceptable and perfect. And I'll be honest with you. Some of you guys are new to church, and you're new to faith. I, I had, I call it a privilege. I don't know if everybody would. I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. I grew up in church. And it dawned on me when I'm reading this, when I talk about God's will for my life, I never even considered that it wasn't good. But I realized there's some people, some of you guys out here tonight, some of you, your concept of God is that he's this like angry old guy in heaven with like a long beard and a, and a staff and a lightning bolt. And he's like up there and he's like watching you and he's like waiting for you to screw up. Because that's your, that's your version of him. And as soon as you're screwed up, he's like, yes, and he's going to lightning bolt you. Or he's going to pour out this, this disaster on you. I was talking to a guy that, that I met the other day. He, he's much older than all of us. And, and he was talking with me and he said, uh, he, he said, could you pray for me? And I said, yeah, do you want to tell me what you want me to pray, you, pray for you about? And he goes, no, it's just kind of personal. And he goes, it's not, it's not like alcohol. It's not like drugs or anything like that. It's not, it's not a crime. It's no big deal. He starts weeding things out. And I, and I know exactly. I go, can I, can I ask you a question? And he goes, yeah. And I said, it's pornography, isn't it? And he goes, yeah. We started having this conversation, and this is what he said. He said, I know, that, I know that my business is failing because of pornography, because God is punishing me. And so I said, you know what? I, you might have consequences in your life because of an addiction to pornography, no doubt. There are consequences that come with sin. And so I said, but you've got to understand, God is not up in heaven like, Yes, he's addicted to pornography. I'm going to make his life miserable. I said, God, God is a God of grace. God is, God is pouring his love out to you. God's trying to rescue you from pornography. He's trying to rescue you from sin because his, his plan and his purpose is better than yours. You got to realize this, guys, when God, the scripture says that God knit you together in your mother's womb. God knew every hair on your head from the moment you were born. God knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. He loves you more than a father and a mother loves a child. God's, God's heart is towards you. And because of that, when, when he put you in the womb and he started creating you, he had a purpose and a plan for your life, and it was good. Sin is what's messed it up. God's going, man, I, in fact, God said, you know what? I, made you, I gave you gifts and I gave you talents and I gave you skills and, I, and all of those things so that when you figure out what your purpose is on life, you're going to figure out that the way I made you fits that perfectly and you're going to step into it and you're going to go, you know what? Here was what I thought what my life was doing, but I figured out what God's purpose and plan is because I have a transformer and I'm stepping into it and all of a sudden you go, man, I was made for this. I was created for this. I didn't say this on purpose, but reflect back to a few minutes ago when God knit me together in the womb for whatever reason, I don't know why, he made me, purposed me to, be, to spend my life with teenagers and their families. And I didn't mean it. I didn't even think about saying this when I came up this tonight. But I came up and to say thank you for sharing your life with me because I am overwhelmed with gratitude. I love what I do because it's what God made me to do. His purpose, his plan for your life is good. Acceptable is probably a poor word. I don't know why Paul chose that, but he did also say it's perfect. You've got to figure out what it is. I've got a few minutes because we're going to run out of time. I want to tell you, what do we do? How do you, 
How do you continue to step in this? We know we had to review. So here's the first thing. You got to go back in time. You got to go back in time a little bit and, and, and start over from the basics. John Wooden was a, a famous basketball coach for the UCLA Bruins, won more national championships than anybody. Guys, uh, actually the best player in, football, in, in basketball, I think they give the Wooden Award to. They, they named it after him, or one of these major awards. He'd get his, his basketball team, best basketball players in the nation, number one program. They won like over 10 straight championships. He'd sit these guys down before a game. These are all 18, 19-year-old, 20-year-old men, and he would, he would lecture them on how to put their socks on. Literally, this is how you put your socks on, men. And the veterans would just kind of laugh because they knew it happened all the time. But, but John wouldn't believe that, that somebody put their sock on wrong and get a lump in it, and it would cause a blister, and that would cause them not to be prepared for the fourth quarter. So he would start at every game at the very beginning. Here's how you put your socks on. And he did it every time. Sometimes we've got to go backwards, back to the basics to move forwards. And so for some of us, we need to go back, and this, this is kind of, this is going to be a review for some of you. We need to look back at week one of Transformed and week two, and I gave you some application things, some things you can do, and I know some of you might have tried some things, some of you didn't. But now that we're talking about God's will, I want to review the things we talked about because you need to start trying some of these, practicing them so that you can understand God's will. We're going to throw them up on the, on the screen. Throw them up there. There's, there's four of them from the last two weeks. Hit the next one. We talked about this. First, you've got to give your life to Jesus. That, I mean, that's plain and simple. If you want to know the will of God, His purpose for you is, is to be in a relationship with Him. If you haven't done that, that's what you need. You need to do that tonight. Say, Jesus, I want you to be boss of my life. Then we talked about the 30 for 7, spending 30 minutes a day for seven days a week in the Bible, praying, and memorizing Scripture. Not 30 minutes of each of those, but 30 minutes of, of some spiritual disciplines, and that's a lot. No one expects you to do 30 minutes a day for the rest of your life. You might, but we said, hey, let's, let's for a week really lean into God's word and prayer and memorizing some scripture because we want God to transform our mind. Maybe you need to still try that. Maybe you didn't and you need to go back. We talked about finding a small group. We have them here on Sunday mornings. You might play sports. You might not be able to do Sunday morning, but you need to find a small group of other believers to find community with so that you can have people that you think alike and behave alike and believe alike. And we talked about start thinking like Jesus. Find a mentor. Find a spiritual director. Read some books. These are all applications we talked about in the last two weeks. If you were taking notes, you've already written these down. But you've got to go backwards. You've got to get Romans 12.1 and Romans 12.2a before you do Romans 12.2b. This is how you live a transformed life. Does that make sense? So, th so if you haven't done it and you want to know God's will for your life, these are the disciplines you have to start practicing. Now I want you to know this. I'm not telling you that if you go spend seven days 30 minutes with God. It's not like, okay, seventh day, God, I did 30 minutes. I did it all. I'm done. I went to a small group on Sunday. Now, God, I want to know the answer to this question. I mean, that's not how it works. As you continue to grow, God begins to speak in and you begin to understand. Here's the second thing. Um, throw that up there. Second thing is to start testing. These decisions you have, where are you going to go to college? Am I going to date? Start taking them and rubbing them on that rock. Start testing the metal. You start going, okay, how do you test it? These are some ways you do it. You start looking through the Bible because you're doing that anyway now because you're living in a, your transformed mind. What does the Bible say about this? Does the Bible affirm it or does the Bible talk against it? Now, here's, let me give you an example. Maybe you're thinking about colleges and you're looking at this college and you know this college has a reputation for like being a giant party college. Alcohol, sexual immorality, things like that. It doesn't mean you can't go there, but you test that and you go, okay, God, 
This place doesn't seem like a great place according to your word. God might lean in and go, that's why I'm sending you. But if you struggle with the party crowd, you struggle with alcohol and you know that and you're, you're trying to live this transformed life, God's word is probably going to speak to you and go, stay away from there as far as possible. It's probably how he's going to speak. God's going to use other people. He's going to use that spiritual director. He's going to use that mentor. He's going to use some Christian friends who are wise, some moms and dads to speak in and reveal his will. You're going to pray. And while you're praying, you're going to sense the spirit of God and give you an answer. It doesn't happen all the time. But it, God is going to start revealing his purpose and plan as you start testing it against his word, against prayer, against other people, against your small group that you're with. So you start testing it. You go back in time, start living it. And then here's the third thing. You got to do it. When you find out what God says, do it. If God says, don't go there, don't go there. If God says, go here or do this, say that, you better do it. I've got a friend who has some relationship problems with girls. He's an older guy. And and we talk a lot. He's been in some relationships that haven't been so great. And, and we've talked through them. And some of the problems that he has in his relationships are because of things that he does. And he realizes that. And so we've had this discussion. I said, listen, you know, if you want my opinion, I think you need to do A, B, and C. And he'll go, you know what? You're absolutely right. You're right. I need to do that. And I go, cool. Then I find out like three weeks later, he's in a relationship with somebody else and he hasn't done A, B, or C. And then the relationship goes south, it goes bad, and then he's calling me, hey, want to talk? And, and I'm going, I don't want to talk about it. Because all I'm going to tell you is A, B, and C. I've already given you some advice, do it. And I'm not saying that if you don't do it, that God's going to like wash his hands clean of you. But if God gives you his purpose and his plan, and you choose to go do this over here, and you come back and go, God, what? God's going to go, listen, you got to get back over here and do what I told you in the first place. So do it. When you first hear it, God's purpose and his plan for your life is revealed and understood through a transformed mind. I'm going to close with this, and then Marshall's going to tell us some things that are coming on. I'm going to read you a quote from a guy. He's a South African pastor a couple years ago, 2011. I don't know his name. His nickname is JVR. That's what everybody calls him. JVR made this decision that he was going to run uh, to raise awareness for World Vision orphans. And what he decided he was going to do is he was going to run 100 miles. Not all at once, but consecutive marathons. And he was going to run 100 miles in order to raise awareness for people to adopt 100 orphans. So he was running, and he had a, a running partner, groups that were doing it with him. He was almost complete with 100 miles. And his last 26.2 miles, he was going to do at the Chicago Marathon. So he had done the 73, you know, some odd that he did. Final marathon. And as the, came, the day came up to the marathon, he said he was feeling abnormally fatigued. Tired than he normally had been. He'd been coming off of these consecutive races. But he's pushing through. It's the final race. And as he starts running this marathon, as he's kind of early on, the people that he's running with, they start pulling away. And he's like, man, I can't keep up. I, my legs feel dead. I, I'm starting to feel really bad. And, and some of his friends, that before they you know, took off down there, like, just, you know, stop. And he's like, no, I'm almost done. He completes the marathon. As he completes the marathon, he goes into the medic's tent, collapses, they rush him to the hospital, and what they found out, that both of his kidneys were failing. He put so much stress on his body in running these marathons that his body was shutting down. He stayed in the intensive care unit of the hospital for two weeks and almost died. But here's what caught me. It's a quote he said afterwards, and I want to read it to you. He said, a lot of me doing the 100 miles was about wanting to achieve. I'm addicted to performance. And then get this, this is... 
He said, when I meet God, this is a Christian, he's a pastor. He said, when I meet God, he'll probably say, what were you thinking? I never asked you to do that. It's a pastor. Ran 100 miles for 100 orphans. What a great thing. But he admitted when it was all said and done that when he meets God, God is probably going to go, why did you do that? Dummy. I inserted that part. I never asked you to do that. So here's my question for you. In your life, in what you're living, are you living for your plans and purposes, good or not? They may be good like JVRs. Are you living for your plans and purposes? Or have you discovered the plan and purpose for your life that God put in you when he knit you together in your mother's womb? That plan is the good one, the acceptable one, and the perfect one. That God's plans and purpose are understood through that transformed mind. We're going to pray and Marshall's going to come tell you something. God, we want to know your will. We want to know your will and we want to be transformed. But God, we are struggling We're struggling with being conformed to this world. We're struggling with climbing up on the altar to to give you everything. So God, I pray that tonight you would be the encourager to the student who needs to take the next step. God, that we would live transformed lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, well, that, that's fine. That didn't work. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's, we can just turn the lights on. We can just turn the lights on. That'll work. Okay, I just got a couple quick announcements. Uh, Senior Sunday is this Sunday. So seniors come, have some breakfast, be recognized. It's going to be sweet. All right. Collide event. We've got a collide event in one week from today. That's Wednesday, May 28th. In case you don't know, Clyde Olympics opening ceremony is what the Clyde event's going to be. It's going to be awesome. We're going to play some dodgeball. We're going we're gonna to have some inflatables. We're going to have a 50-foot banana split. That's five zero feet. Five zero feet. And Josh Cochran will be there. He's a former Texas Longhorn football player. So get excited for that. Now you know. Um, third thing, Camp Clyde. Camp Clyde. June 22nd through June 26th, $200. Sign up online. It's going to be so good. All right, now we have Lucy Horton, who's got an announcement. Here she comes. Give her a round of applause. Can we get that up? Can we get the... Hey, I'm Dr. Horton. I'm Ruth and Elise's mom. If you're like my teenagers, every year you get at least a dozen new T-shirts. I'm going to give you the chance to clear out your closet and help missions at the same time. Hill Country Bible Church here in Georgetown takes several times a year. They go across the border into Mexico in Piedras Negras and to do mission trips. Into July, they are going again, and they will be doing all kinds of things, probably some construction and painting, and they'll they'll stock the food pantry and they'll reorganize the clothing um, closet, and they will do Bible school and they'll do concerts for teens, all kinds of cool things. They have chosen a craft project that you can help with. Down here in the bottom of the screen, you'll, you can see perhaps that um, this is a, the craft project they're going to do. Using your unwanted t-shirts, they, on a hula hoop frame, they're going to let the kids weave rugs. 
So what I need you to do is pull out all your unwanted T-shirts. By Sunday, I'm going to have a box right out here that you can drop them in. They're going to be um, taken down to Mexico, and they're going to be able to weave these kind of rugs as their craft projects while they hear about Jesus. The, um, each of the rugs takes 10 T-shirts, and they're planning on 1,000 kids. They need 10,000 T-shirts. And I think that this youth group can provide at least 1,000 of those. So go through your closets, get rid of all your unwanted T-shirts, and you'll be helping missions too. Thank you. I think we can do 1,000. All right, so that's our goal, at least 1,000. Hey, one more quick announcement, and I hope you join us. We're going to be at Whataburger on I-35 right after this. So come out and have some Whataburger. You're dismissed. Let's play some music. All right, deep and wide team. We're going to meet at Cherry Berry, deep and wide team. What's up? All right, everyone, quick, quick change. The Whataburger on I-35 is closed. We're going to go to the one on Williams. Construction. We're going to go to the Whataburger on Williams Drive and Shell, right? Shell Road and Williams. Over there by... Are you going to... Kyle Huntley is coming to Whataburger, everyone. Are you coming to Whataburger, Garrett Alton? Garrett Alton's coming to Whataburger, everyone. Grayson Rich is coming to Whataburger, everyone. Jaylee, are you going to Whataburger? Kaylee Haas, grounded. I'm sorry. Someone should probably mute me.